All right. If you haven't taken a moment to listen to the episode before this, we would encourage you to stop this one, go back to the last one, because we walked through some scripture about mm. how to teach our kids the Bible if we don't feel like we know it well enough. Uh, we wanted to kind of dispel some of those fears, encourage you. Uh, but with this episode specifically, we're going to go through some of the tangible ways that we have learned mm. and, and grabbed onto in, uh, in terms of how to teach our children the Bible um, and how to teach them in those moments that we feel maybe insecure and lacking. So we'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome again. My name is Ryan Frederick. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. You have found us either on YouTube or via the Fierce Parenting Podcast or mm -hmm. FierceParenting.com. However you're here, welcome. We're <laughs> yes. thankful for your time and your attention. Yes. Uh, we're going we're gonna to jump right into our conversation that we started yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, this is something that's near and dear to our hearts. And mm -hmm. again, like Selena said at the beginning, if you haven't yet, go back, listen to the previous episode. I think we lay out a pretty uh, decent case for why yeah. any parent can teach any child Scripture, yeah. regardless of your level of knowledge, you don't have to be a seminary graduate. Yeah, you don't have to be or a pastor. regardless the age of your child, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, and that's what we're going to get into today. Yeah. Is that even from from the time they're born, even are, in here, in, in the <laughs> womb, you're a with child, which is your favorite way to phrase that. <laughs> uh, we can begin to uh, at least strategize and and we'll think about how we can pray, pray over them, our children yes. and even speak and and read scripture to our children, yeah. even in those young ages. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, go back, watch that if you haven't, and then come back here. Yeah, so, so we, um, we're we just going to go through kind of the ages and stages of children. Um, we'll talk about the teen years only a little bit because we're not there yet. Again, we're not experts. We're just sharing what we know, walking alongside other parents. Um, we've had experience with teenagers. Uh, what experience have you had with teenagers, Selena? Uh, working with Young Life for a number of years. and For then like five years. Five years. <laughs> And then, um, well, and doing summer camp, like counseling throughout the years and, and those I, kinds of- I worked of, with the youth, youths. <laughs> with the street youth? For no. like a decade. Yeah. Like, so and it, we did, yeah, we did that with, he led worship um, in our youth group yeah, for many years. Yeah, walked alongside many young men. We just like young, young people men. too, I think, in and general. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's, it's been awesome too, because we've been able to see some of those young kids that we- they were in high school, yeah. we were in college, we discipled them, and now they're some of our best friends, yeah. like actual adults. <laughs> Which I would say, I would say, and I didn't add this into our rundown, but for, for teens and for older kids, um, make sure you have other people in their life that isn't that are not just their parents, because I think- How dare you? We were- <laughs> As a parent, I resent Well, that. we were those <laughs> okay. people that were in okay. the lives okay. of some of those kids, um, and the Lord used us. Uh, and I think God uses everyone, right, in, in the child's life, so just- Find the find that community. Okay. Find those people. So um, let's start with the younger years. So zero to four, you know, th thankfully kids don't come out of the womb full grown, ready to go, right? The stakes are pretty low. I think the big point I would like to highlight here is that although it's very tiring physically in those younger years, uh, there's so many opportunities to begin biblical literacy, and I'm going to use that term, so knowing peoples and themes of the Bible, being literate about the Bible, hmm. uh, and gospel fluency, so knowing the overall message, and correct me if I'm wrong, of seeing Christ in the whole Bible, right? And I think that we have a lot of little resources for, for kids to be able to hear about it, see about it more often, more, more so than now than ever. So you can begin that training with your child very young. We were reading Bible stories to our kids, like, 
as soon as they came out of the womb, you know, we're already mm. reading the Bible, praying with them. Again, these are not replacements for scripture. We're huge uh, advocates for reading scripture out of the Bible, letting it bear its full weight on children, no matter the age. Um, but again, some of these these basic tangible things that we'll talk about is reading Bible stories to them on top of them, participating in family worship, which that's a whole nother episode you should go check out. Um, singing, yeah. singing biblical songs to them or with them and as a way of memorizing scripture. Um, Hunter Belis, she has a book out that says, read it, see it, say it, sing it. And it's, it's all about how to like read scripture, see scripture, say it and like sing it. And so she's really good at making up songs. I try to make up some songs about memorizing scripture and they were not good. <laughs> But mostly she's, like, like mid '90s era rap songs not, is what Selena comes up with. It was actually <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in my own head, and I was like, "This is just not going to work." So, but other people do it my so much better. My name is Mama, and I'm here to say, <laughs> <laughs> reading your scriptures is the way to. Yep, play. let's not do. See, it's <laughs> not good. It's play. not good. But with little kids, you can usually make up some songs um, to tunes that they might know. You do hand motions; those kinds of things really stick in their hearts, and they become really familiar and. I think they can be baselines for kids when they're disobedient. Remember, what did what did God say about how much he loves you? Does that change when you're being disobedient? No, you know, <laughs> or yes, maybe they think it is. But again, you're, you're trying to root their hearts in scripture. You're trying to mm. get that foundation uh, solid within them. So reading Bible, reading the Bible and Bible stories, singing with them. Uh, we started catechisms. We've been doing catechisms for a while, okay, on and off. I want to I want to root us a little bit in in the context of why we're going through each one of these things. Because remember, the overarching conversation was, how do I teach my kids the truth of Scripture when I feel like I don't even really know everything about it? Right. And so, you started with we're reading them Bible stories. That's the Which biblical literacy they piece. Taught us, yes, some pieces of things that we didn't. And then singing <laughs> biblical understand. songs because yeah. the songs are things. And so this these right. are all drawing. So again, we're looking at God's word. Yeah. Getting the stories now. The songs are adding texture. They're adding uh, that literacy for They're our training kids. It to, training it, training it to kids. hide God's word in our heart, right? Even if, like, so a song as simple as "Jesus Loves Me," right, is training a child early on that John three sixteen is actually true. It's true enough right. to sing about, right? Um, and then you, you started beginning uh, talking about catechisms. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole point of catechesis, if you're not familiar, uh, basically like the Westminster Shorter Catechism or the longer one, for like a better term. Uh, These are like distillations of biblical Christian orthodoxy throughout Mm -hmm. the years. And I've heard it said by some who are very much smarter than me. (laughs) Very much smarter than me. Very very much smarter than I am. (laughs) Uh, They've said that, you know, the Westminster Catechism is one of the most beautiful pieces of literature. It really is. Aside from scripture, aside from, you know, other like books like Pilgrim's Progress, which is up there too, uh, which is another great example. But so the catechesis or the catechizing our kids is teaching them big, big truths that if you were to try to teach them biblically that truth, it would you'd have to understand, you know, far more than a right. four-year-old can understand. Right. But if you can say to a, which we have a three-year-old, yeah. and we catechize her, we say, Louisa, how many persons are there in God? Yeah. There and are the three persons one, in one God. Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, there's a little song that okay. goes with it. <laughs> She's not doubting that. Right. We are just, we're putting that in her now. Right. So that one day we say, how is, how is one God three persons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Daughter, you've asked one of the hardest questions of all history. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but here's, no, here's what that yeah. basically means yep. in terms of biblical Christian orthodoxy. Right. And, and so you can... all, again, teaching them the deep things of Scripture, even though we don't always understand... Well, and that's the beauty of the catechisms, right? Yeah. It's, it's taking this huge truth, distilling it down to a palatable way for a child to 
say it, maybe not understand the full weight of it. I mean, we don't even understand the full weight of it. Try to. But when <laughs> we try to, but again, yeah. we're learning yeah. along with our, our children. So if, if we're talking about the Trinity, man, I don't feel equipped to teach my six or seven year old about the Trinity. Uh, are there any resources out there? How do I do this? Uh, should we even talk about it? Oh, I might mess them up. You know, it's just like, no, no, no. Again, be encouraged. Like God has equipped you and his word is, is truth. So wrestle, go to the Bible, wrestle with it in the mm. Bible, go to a trusted pastor or friend, ask their opinion, not opinion, but ask their guidance. See if there's any other resources out there that can help you, um, discuss these hard conversations or these hard topics with that are age appropriate right yeah. um, because you could just lecture to your child and bore them to death and nobody wants that right they want them to actually okay they're zero to four right now they're just filing things away so let's just give them some some terms and some things to work with so um, once again just really real real recap and these are we're doing these again to highlight scripture to teach scripture to get it in their hearts they're going to be the same throughout mm. each age group, but they're going to look differently. So the first one is read your Bible uh, and read the Bible stories, sing uh, biblical songs, uh, memorizing scripture that is in the songs, uh, catechisms. Uh, those are also, they can be done by song, but learning those, memorizing them, getting getting them hidden uh, in your heart to be able to understand and ask bigger questions later. Take them to church. Take them to church. Take them to church. <laughs> I don't know if I can elaborate on that anymore. Just take them to church, okay? Make that a part of your regular uh, rhythm and habit of what a believer does. They do not forsake the gathering, as it says what in Acts. No. Um, and then pray with them. Pray with them and for them. So pray through scripture. Donald Whitney has a book about, it's called Praying Scripture. Uh, there's plenty of books about prayer with your children. Understand what prayer is and no. model that and do that with them and do that for them. It's such a simple and sweet way to connect with them, but also build your understanding and your faith of asking the Lord, okay, when my baby's sick, Lord, please heal my baby. May they find comfort in you. May I find comfort and take all my fears so away. Seeing you apply you know? word, the, the word to yes. the actual life that they're living with you. Two, or one question. What are some resources you recommend for uh, memorizing scripture? Uh, there on, well, we use Spotify, but there's Ross King, uh, King's things. Oh yeah. He has, a, that's like hardcore scripture memorization. He like all of Genesis one. Well, one through 27, but again, oh. it's, it's really, it's <clears throat> awesome to listen to. Um, he has great music. Uh, we've done, we've, you've probably heard of memorizers. That was a, a while uh, well, ago. We've done that. The risers. The risers. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So memorizing they've scripture. Let, they've not released anything in a few Nothing years. Nothing new in decade, really actually. in a few years. Um, also slugs and bugs. Do they do it? Slugs and bugs. <laughs> All these but the goodies. Ro robort. That's the robort one. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like funny. the 10 commandments or something. You know, side, sidebar and side benefit. Yeah. If you listen to these songs enough yourself, you also get to memorize scripture. So, well, that's the thing. I mean, he, he we're going through Ten Commandments, and I'm like, I know three different songs about Ten Commandments. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Number six, it says this. Like, you know, it's 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 just amazing how your your own literacy and gospel fluency grows. So we've talked about years zero through four. Mm -hmm. Now, Selena, school us. Take us to church. School us on elementary know. years. So once years again, five through ten. These are learning. Hey, you're the expert. Here we are. First parenting. Here we go. You know it all. <laughs> Learning, Let's do it. No, I don't. <laughs> Learning through yeah. mistakes <laughs> or longing to be better at it, right? Um, so it's still not too late. If you're sitting here and you have, you know, ages 5 through 10 or 11-ish, it's not too late. If you don't crack your Bible and you're like, I want to and I've been meaning to, just do it. Just do it. They're still at that sweet age, most of them, I hope, where they still want to be around you. They still look up to you. They still think, like, oh, mom wants to read to me or dad wants to read with me. They want to be a part of what you're doing. Um, they don't quite question you as mm. much. I mean, they do, but 
uh, I think you're still in a safe place to say, hey, why don't we read the Bible together? Like, come and sit with me. Uh, Reading aloud, I think, is just always a surefire way to go. I think we even sit under our parents as adults listening to them read things, right? It's just give it time, trust the process, don't give up easily. Um, So again, read scripture with your child. Maybe start with the Gospels um, or... Yeah, so at, at this stage, and, and younger, narrative is going to be kind of the name of the game. It really is, <clears throat> and also yeah. stories are really good at this age, and so... That's what that's what narrative sorry. is. Sorry. <laughs> no, I meant... <laughs> I'm thinking narrative as in, like, you're reading and, narr- and then reading it back. Narrating, so narrating in the classical sense. In the classical sorry. sense. Yes. I meant, the narrative. In the, I meant it in the dumber sense than <laughs> no, that. Sorry. I'm, see, this, I try to keep up with the her. narrative. No, you're right. I'm just trying to keep no, up That's okay. No, that's what I meant. So, like, you know, the Genesis account is yeah. more or less a narrative... Uh, well, yeah. It's more engaging in the stories the of Gospels Jesus. Are the Gospels are narratives. Yes, if you, yes. If you go right into like Ezekiel and, uh, you know, some of the minor prophets, right. a, f- a five-year-old's going to have a hard time keeping but up But you with can that. engage, how can you engage them in that? You can play round robin and have each of you take a turn reading a verse or two, depending mm-hmm. on how well they read. I mean, or they're always wanting to show off their reading skills, right? And Yes. I, and so with that, I would say the name of the game is narrative at that stage. Yeah. Um, but... But then you want to punctuate it with, uh, we punctuate with Psalms and mm-hmm. with um, with bits from like Proverbs mm-hmm. and maybe even some of the epistles, Paul's epistles. Right. And it's kind of just as as you feel led. Um, and again, you're going, this is, again, the whole premise is, can I teach them these right. things without knowing? Well, the story of Noah is, you know, something that we all grew up with. But I think as adults, if we don't revisit it seriously, we can yeah. kind of miss some of the big, the deep significance going on in yeah. in is it Genesis 6, the, the uh, Noah account around there, Genesis 7 or 8, 11, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever? <laughs> In the book of Genesis. <laughs> uh, we, we miss that. And so it gives us a chance to now as adults say, okay, it's not just about you know Noah's arky arky and the <laughs> water came down and there's a floody floody. <laughs> <laughs> we use those songs sometimes too. Not that song, but... There is that. Yes. It's, it's that story, but then you can say, you know what? Like, okay, so... Look who, at the people. Who shut the door on, yeah. on the ark? Well, it was a massive door. And yeah. I always explain to our girls, like, that door would have been from there to there. <laughs> and it would have weighed more than two elephants. Yeah. So how do they how do they close that door? Well, and the Bible and says that God closed the door. Yeah, and, and how and, did all the animals come and on? In what way is that symbolic of God sealing us in the covenant hmm. uh, of, of Christ and delivering okay, us Mr. through the flood? Seminary. No, well, okay. <laughs> You can read up on this you stuff. Can you read. can read. I think it's good to ask. Yeah. To, again, this is a gospel fluency moment, right? Of uh-huh. seeing seeing Christ, life, death, resurrection in this. And you have to be careful, of course, not to draw conclusions where there's not conclusions to be drawn. But I think this is one of the clearer ones. The quick example, another one from Noah, the bow, right? The rainbow. Yeah, the rainbow. And our girls know this and they will say, every time they see a rainbow, they're like, yeah. look, I've set my bow in the sky. I will never, you know, curse the earth in the same way and never flood the earth again. Uh, because the whole rainbow thing, it's a picture of the war bow pointing yeah. up to heaven, that mm-hmm. God will bear the wrath on behalf of his people, as opposed to n- going nuclear and right. you know flooding right. the earth. Letting and his so, wrath just children, yeah. remember the story of Noah. Okay, there's a rainbow. How good is God? That that's mm. a reminder that he will never again, we will never again bear his wrath in that way. Mm. Instead, who bore his wrath, kids? Yeah. Jesus. Why? We sin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and when because you're, you know, he loves us. when they're yeah. teenagers and you're older, I mean, there's a lot of conversation to be had around Noah's Ark. I mean, 
Imagine sitting in the boat listening to people screaming like for their lives to so be let in. The next right? Age, agent stage. Anyways, I don't want to go there yet. <laughs> okay. So again, yes, narrative reading together is such a big thing. If you have good readers, let them read aloud. Uh, engage in that. What? Sorry. Just. Uh, narrative's important. Also stories. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I'm sorry. I just... It's, all, it's okay. It's all the same I'm thing to, to me up. in some ways. Yeah, no. Um, you could also, if your kids are competitive and they like to have like a goal in mind, maybe for memorizing scripture, have a goal. Say, we're going to memorize all of this by this time. And if we do it, we're going to go to a trampoline place or something, right? And again, you don't have to know all the answers. Mm. The cool thing about having readers in the house is that you can say, hey, let's go look at some, let's go find this together. Let's dig together. Because mom doesn't know. Dad might know, but he's not home right now or something. He's working. So um, let's let's talk about this and let's dive in together. Okay. So singing songs. I still think that they can sing songs at this age. Maybe I'm wrong. But it depends. Yes, the type of song. Maybe they're not quite as kid-like, right? Um, We've been learning Psalm 34 uh, I forget what, who sings it, and I can put the resource in there. We can have it posted, but it's just—it's really well done. It's—it's—it's it's, it's not a kid-like song. It's very, like, loving and like you want to listen to it and you want the scripture. And I feel like my girls are—we have two different versions, and they like the one that's not the kid version more now that they're getting older. But it's still scripture, right? Getting into their hearts. It's still scripture that they're singing in their heads when they're walking right. upstairs. Um, so songs—they—they'll just take on a different genre probably yeah right that's the beauty of it is you can sing uh, i mean yeah we have such a rich heritage you know we didn't grow up i'll I'll just say this i want to talk about hymns too real quick okay so we are um we're we're reformed but it's not that we grew up that way right we've had a long faith journey from word of faith basically i grew up baptist but that was totally nominal and then word of faith because that's i knew this girl that was that was there and i wanted (laughs) to date this girl at that church and so i went to the church to date the girl we stayed there and then we kind of made a long journey and now we're kind of we've we're fully reformed and and within the tradition that's why we talk about family worship it's why we talk about catechesis it's why we talk about now hymns because there's this really rich deep yeah uh well of tradition that i I fear if if we did if we don't value it right um we're missing out on something. Absolutely. I mean, Elizabeth Elliot in one of her, um, so there's a podcast that just uh, plays all of her old teachings and whenever she spoke. And she had encouraged parents to, she's like, please like teach your kids the hymns of, of old because there's so much beauty. There's so it, much yeah. richness. But the cool thing that I've learned with, because this is kind of the age, maybe between five and eight is when kids really lock in their reading ability Hymns have taught our kids to read. They will learn a song before they know how to read. They will learn the song, they'll get a mm-hmm. hymnal, and then they'll start following along. And it's it's just this whole like experience for them mm-hmm. to be able to read the words, sing the words. It's all starting to click. So if you're having a hard time getting your kid to read um, mm-hmm. or they're struggling with it, I mean, put it to song, get the words out. It's just And hymns are just such a beautiful way to be able to do that. So... All right, so this is going to be the last agent stage. No, stop. You're trying to go too fast. I'm going too fast. Going too fast. I just want to make sure. Okay, take them to church, right? Right? Pray together. Ask them if there's anything you can pray for or you continue Mm -hmm. praying for with them um, and read stories together. Again, the Bible, first of all, I would say jump into like biographies, even of missionaries and that kind of thing too, um, to help them understand. I just, I know, I, I'm big Elliot fans, but, you know, they studied Greek and they wanted to understand scripture deeply. And so mm-hmm. I love everything that they write and they, 
they always bring it, obviously, it's back to the Bible. So, so well, I think the theme that I'm <laughs> seeing here is that it, the function, like how richly and how deeply our children soak in the things of God and the Word of God is going to be a function of how richly and deeply we soak it in ourselves mm-hmm. and, and how much we, how, how deeply we wade into those waters. And so I think that's what I think is a perfect segue into the preteen and teenager conversation yeah. because though we've not raised teenagers ourselves, we've done cumulatively decades of, of youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think at this stage, it's very tempting as kids get more autonomous to let that relational bond kind of drift. Mm-hmm. And it's not because you want to, it's not because you're trying to, but they have, you know, maybe attitudes, hormones, all that sort of and they're more independent. Maybe they start they're testing driving or the testing boundaries. Yeah. And so I'm going to say the name of the game here in terms of sitting down with Scripture is adding that structure, understanding that they're going to have questions, they're going to be um, wanting to challenge things, but it's the relational thing. you, you got to hold them even tighter mm-hmm. in those years, relationally speaking. doesn't mean you smother them. It doesn't mean you shelter them. It means that you hold them tight, go the extra mile to stay close to your team. Right. So there's that backdrop, that context to continue Mulling right. through the word with them. And, and yeah, don't let their response or behavior, I think, so good. dictate yeah. how you respond, right? I'm, I'm learning that <laughs> even now with our younger kids. Like, just because right. they respond a certain way doesn't mean I have to respond at that same emotional level or whatever. Um, we are the parent. We get to, you know, if they don't want it, if they come mm-hmm. to the table and they eat dinner with us as a teenager and they're not engaged, well, clearly there's something else going on there. But if they're there and they're, we're reading scripture yeah. together... I'm just glad they're there. And this is pr- this is precisely why we say all of parenting is discipleship. Yes. Because if we've not discipled them well yeah. in helping them manage the margin in their lives, they won't be at that table. Yeah, they yeah. they'll be somewhere else. They'll and so if we've not managed, we've not discipled them well through yeah. and making decisions to do all the sports, the you know the activities, even running start good things. Yeah, but at a imbalance, we've we will give away our opportunities to disciple them yeah. in those moments. Well, and to teach and so, them scripture, to anchor their hearts and mm-hmm. souls in scripture so that when they are faced with challenges, when they are faced with, you know, dealing with a consequence of yeah. a sin, how do they how do they even begin to wrap their heads around something, you know? That- the, the cardinal sin of the of Israel, going back, mm-hmm. I don't, and I, mean, I don't mean cardinal in the Catholic sense, but the cardinal sin, the main sin of Israel going back it's is forgetting. Forgetfulness, yeah. And why do they forget? Because they just were... We all forget. Yeah. And so I think as parents, this is such a tender age that we need to not create occasions for forgetfulness, mm-hmm. but instead occasions for remembering yeah. our good God. And that yeah. means getting into the word with them. This is overlapping with family worship, but it it means this is a, such a rich time to say, let's engage in the hard questions about Solomon and yeah. his concubines. Yeah. Is that right? Is well, that okay? Well, because I think that's the time what they want Abraham to. Abraham and his yeah. wives? And yeah. what about the whole situation with yep. his... You know, multiple you know sons by all these different women. Yeah. And why did God d- still bless the nation, even though all the the boys were from, yeah. you know, four different women? Right. Uh, okay, so a teenager is going to want to know those answers because their their <laughs> their friends are asking those questions, and their and the the internet is is at every turn it's telling them their worldview is irrelevant. And, and and bigoted or bigoting right. like it's not it's, yeah. <laughs> sure it, it's irrelevant and it does yeah it, it's, it's vilifying it's worthless yes yeah and so they need answers because they they don't want to walk away from their faith they but they need your help to make sure that the, that their hearts stay soft and they keep engaging in scripture and I think a lot of times parents of teens they get those hard questions and they say I, I can't do this I need a youth pastor I need a pastor someone help. Johnny's going off the deep end, 
and I, <laughs> I'm losing him. Yeah. And so we're here to say like, no, bring him close. Yeah. And and wrestle together with the, mm-hmm. the scripture, with Johnny, with yeah. with your daughter, and do it in a way that is letting them ask the questions, and you're seeking the answers yeah. alongside them. Yeah, amen, amen. And so, and and all the other stuff, the singing and the catechesis and all that kind of stuff, I think it all still has its place. But right. this is the time and the opportunity, in, in your lack of knowledge, to really press into those hard questions. Yeah. And again, we're speaking from a perspective of people who have young kids. We've worked with teenagers for decades. Um, and knowing full well that it's going to feel like it's not it's not effective because you, you wonder like well how could he make such a boneheaded decision we've talked about that that's wrong well the prefrontal cortex thing yeah. it, you know here's the thing our impetus for reading scripture and understanding God's word is not that it works that's not where the command comes from now I'm going to say it. God's word is good and it's it's instructive and when we align ourselves with God word God's word oftentimes it goes better with us. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is so that we might not forget, that we might stay close to our God, that we might honor Him as God, mm-hmm. worship Him, and uphold His law and right. His justice, and understand His grace. And then you go to the New Testament, understand the depths of His grace, that we might be able to give an account for the faith that we hold. And mm-hmm. so Second Peter, First Peter, I think, whatever, chapter three. The point is, is that our main reason for reading these things with our kids is not because the, the pragmatic side. It's because it's what we are called yeah. to do, and we are we. To have control over the results? No. Mm. We teach them. Mm-hmm. We instruct them. And then what do we do? We release and trust. Right. That, Lord, these seeds that you have used me to plant in this young one's life right. will not return by your grace. They will not return void. And they will bear fruit in their in their life. And I pray that if they do go through a season of uh, you know, fruitlessness, mm. that it would, would somehow, by your grace, be a season of deepening their roots, right. showing them. Their, their deep need for yeah. for a savior that they might then serve you even more. I'm just convinced, and and again, we're coming from a different situation. We don't have teenagers ourselves, but I think we have in the church bought this lie that all all teenagers have to have a rebellious phase. I don't believe it. Mm. I don't believe it. Like we, we don't have to resign ourselves to that. We yeah. can we we, and I've seen parents that have grown kids that have said the same. So that's not just us in a vacuum. No. Yeah. And so don't assume and resign yourself to a rebellious phase, particularly around God's word, because we'll end it here, because the, ten- the temptation is because you've raised them up in God's word, they have taken it for granted. And they don't, because they haven't quite matured yet, they can then start to dismiss it because of mm. what C.S. Lewis calls the chronological snobbery. Those are old ideas. I have all these new ideas <laughs> that are mo- much more progressive. And that could just be even as subtle as, you know, not like full on wokeness, but you know, questioning scripture, things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and so, and stay the course, parents. Yeah, stay scripture the can handle hard questions. It, can it has for the <laughs> exist its entire existence. It can handle the scrutiny. Mm-hmm. It can handle the criticisms. Um, and so, just I think, yeah, be encouraged. Um, if your teen is open, I'm kind of thinking of the parent who maybe is has teens in the house but hasn't had the habits of reading scripture together or hasn't created the habits of, you know, like taking them to church or, or praying together. I don't know if maybe that's not our listeners, but I do think there is some struggle there. Um, I guess just be encouraged again, like you are not alone. You can do this. Like God has equipped you right where you're at, right where you're at. Like just start, just start say, yeah. a little bit. In those cases, continue to draw your child in. Yes. They may, re- they may seem like they're not interested and reject, but I assure you. Yeah. Um, Inside. 
They're you, looking yeah. for it. They keep, are looking. Keep trying earnestly. And if, you, yeah. if you've broken their trust or there's some reason why they're rejecting you, that's your own fault. Like repent of it to them. Yeah. Restore. Repent Restore the relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And, and we can talk about that maybe steps. another time. But. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there's lots there. I I would I have so much more to say. Yeah. I would love to talk to you about this more, but um yeah, keep them close. Take them to church. Pray with them. Pray for them. Check mm-hmm. in on how they're doing when you after a week of you hey, Johnny, I've been praying <laughs> for you this week. How's that situation with so and so or how are you feeling yeah. about this test or whatever, you know, and you guys are God has equipped you. It's not something mystical and magical that you don't know about and the scripture is just not written clearly for any of us to read. No, it's clear. God's word is, it's clear, it's alive, it's at work in us. And so we can trust that when we go to the scripture, that God is faithful to open our eyes and lead us and help lead our children and to lay the feast as best we can, right? We are are meek. We are just, we're people. We're broken Mm. people with five loaves and two fish that God gave us anyways. And we're saying, Lord, please just multiply these efforts. We give them to you. Yeah, and it's by His grace that He does. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of grace, we all need it. <laughs> we need Jesus. We need His grace. If you don't know Christ, you've not received His grace, uh, we want to invite you into receiving that. God's standard is higher than any human could meet, Yeah. except for the God-man, Christ Himself, mm. who lived a perfect life and died the sinner's death so that we might be credited with His perfect life and our sins might be cast away from us mm. as far as the east is from the west. That's what... We're told, the psalmist yeah. tells us, as far, that's infinitely far. Yeah. Only if we are in Christ. Yeah. If you're not in Christ, you've not placed your faith in Christ, we want to invite you to do that today uh, and to, to learn what that means. It's not complicated, but it's not just a magic spell that you recite. It's, it's a process of understanding who Jesus is, who you are, and what his sacrifice means for you. To learn more about that, go to thenewsisgood.com. There's some instructions there. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word once again. Thank you that it's instructive in all seasons of parenting, in all Mm. seasons of life, in all aspects of life. It is timeless and always timely. Jesus, you have given us your perfect word. And you, the the incarnate word, have Mm. given us your perfect life. So thank you. I pray that you'd help us to live lives in light of your perfect grace, that we might glorify you for this breath of a life that you've given us. Mm -hmm. Lord, it's yours. We're yours. We pray for these parents as they give their children to you and and trust you uh, and trust them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if you're still watching, thank you. Uh, if you want to partner with us, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. We wouldn't mm. be here without our partners. Amen. Uh, thank you if you are a partner. We love you. We appreciate you. God is using you. Uh, other than that, this episode of Fierce Parenting is... We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.